Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Journey to Grateful podcast, a podcast to help clarify the process of loss and grief through experiences shared from myself and others living with loss. I'm your host, Tim Begonia, and this is show number 119. In this podcast, I will review the many common myths of grief to help you better prepare for the road ahead. You are invited to join the community and share your story to help others better understand grief, how it affects us moving forward, and how best to navigate its difficult path. I invite you to join the community on Facebook and Instagram, subscribe to the podcast, and find quick links to do both at journeytograteful.com. And lastly, I ask that you take a moment to rate and review the show over at Apple Podcasts. Doing this will help others find this podcast much easier. People just like you in need of an insightful grief resource, which can help them navigate their grief journey. I believe that we all need to take time to slow ourselves a bit and take a good look around more often than we currently allow ourselves. Not only because life can pass us by so very quickly, as we all are well aware, but because there are many unique perspectives from others that can provide important and valuable lessons among the constant rush of our daily lives. A fresh way to view various aspects of life can remind us of beliefs we may either have lost or completely forgotten over time. When our daily life includes grief, it's even more important to take the time to notice these deficits and remind ourselves of the necessities of life. I found one such article that may provide each of us a much-needed, fresh perspective. The subject matter is quite complex. However, at its core, the message is simple. Coming from the most unlikely source, children. And that right there, that is the reason I've decided to share this today. I'm aware as we try to navigate and survive our grief, how easy it is to lose sight of simple things which could help us actually do just that. Survive. Our viewpoint on life can easily be robbed of the purest good as we hold our head down inside grief, forgetting the importance of one important thing. Love. We may have misplaced our appreciation of any love that still remains and thus be blind to what we've learned, what we've witnessed and experienced so very long ago. Today I'd like to discuss love and our forgotten capacity for it as we navigate through grief and on to whatever lies ahead. Let's take a walk on this path together and rediscover an important piece of our journey. A group of professionals posed this simple yet poignant question to a group of four to eight-year-olds. What does love mean? The answers they received were broader, deeper, and more profound than anyone could ever have imagined. For our purpose within this episode, I present to you a few of their answers as a touching reminder of how the most complex thing in our lives can actually be seen as so pure innocent, and simple. 
Perhaps we can recapture a bit of this as we navigate grief and begin once again to embrace what we once believed love to be, and do so in a very refreshing way, through the eyes of a child. Chrissy, age six, answered the question, what does love mean, in a way we might expect from a child. Nonetheless, this is still love to her. Love is when you go out to eat and give somebody most of your french fries without making them give you any of theirs. Another perspective comes from Danny, age eight, who simply believes, Love is when mommy makes coffee for my daddy, and she takes a sip before giving it to him to make sure the taste is okay. Anne, age four, suggests that love means something just a bit more. She goes on to say, Love is when your puppy licks your face even after you left him alone all day. And Terry, age four, offered up this gem. Love is what makes you smile when you're tired. Now, Terry's pure and simple answer here is absolutely priceless, and it got me wondering, what happened to my innocent beliefs of what love means? Hopefully, you're beginning to wonder the same thing for yourself. And then comes along Tommy, age six, who suggests this to be true. Love is like a little old woman and a little old man who are still friends even after they know each other so well. Now, Tommy's perspective here is wonderful because it suggests to me that he has witnessed this type of love within his family and how lucky he must be to have done so. Lauren, age four, has a much different perspective which is guaranteed to make you smile for sure. I know my older sister loves me because she gives me all of her clothes and has to go out and buy new ones. <laughs> That's absolutely priceless. However, Jessica, age eight, reminds us of this one simple fact of which I'm sure we could all use a reminder. You really shouldn't say I love you unless you mean it. But if you mean it, you should say it a lot. People forget. Jessica's reminder here is very valuable, and it reminds me of my youngest son, who, after the passing of his mother, has made it his mission to never let anyone leave or go to bed without saying, I love you. I later came to find out the importance of this mission was because he doesn't recall saying, I love you, to his mother the night before she passed. And now for my three most favorite answers to the deceptively simple question, what does love mean? Bobby, age seven, very eloquently says, love is what's in the room with you at Christmas if you stop opening presents and just listen. Wow. That is so great. What a wonderful perspective that is. And Billy, age four, answers in a way I believe might touch us all. Take a moment to digest what Billy believes. When something loves you, the way they say your name is different. You just know that your name is safe in their mouth. I really, really, really love this one, especially how he concludes his thought. You just know that your name is safe in their mouth. 
It reminds me of how we've spoken of the idea of saying our loved one's name aloud, encouraging others to say their name and thus keeping them a part of our life each time they do. And I think to myself how wonderful it is to think how safe someone's name is in the mouths of those who have known and loved them for so long. It just becomes a sweet, wonderful way of using their name going forward. And finally, this one comes from a four-year-old whose next-door neighbor was an elderly gentleman who had recently lost his wife. Upon seeing the man cry, the little boy went into the gentleman's yard, climbed onto his lap, and just sat there. When his mother later asked what he had said to the neighbor, the little boy said, Nothing. I just helped him cry. Incredible and so touching. I just helped him cry. For me, each one of these hits me in a very different way. Above all, they each remind me of a love I've had between myself and my wife, Colleen. But more importantly, they provide for me the hope of continued love with those around me today and whatever may be ahead for me. When we have a bad day, a terrible moment, or a difficult week, keep these simple yet poignant individual perspectives of what love means, because that just might provide us a different kind of strength. Maybe an inner strength, which, as you may know, is a very important thing to have because inner strength seems to be tested constantly and far too often strained. Strained primarily because we ourselves seem to be our own worst critic about how we grieve. And after all, it's very difficult to stay strong internally as that is the only place where truth is unvarnished and raw. These perspectives on love suggest we think back to the, those simple moments of love in our lives and understand they still exist in so many ways, even today. Maybe it's in that moment when you needed to be lifted off your knees, when there was no one beside you at the time. Or maybe that moment in your day that makes you feel as though you're crumbling and you need to somehow keep it together. I hope these innocent beliefs of what love means can be used to raise us up from the occasional sorrowful moment and provide us a reason to lift our head and look for this kind of love in our life. To help us appreciate the small efforts of a friend or a neighbor as they reach out, as as they ask how we are or offer a time to chat. In essence, they are showing us what love means. I appreciate how life as a whole is far more simplistic when viewed through the eyes of children. And maybe, just maybe, we should try more often to look past what clouds our view of love and try to view it with innocent eyes once again. I realize it's all too easy to set aside love when we are deep in our grief, but I have to admit, it's all around us, and we just may need to look a bit harder than usual. Because our capacity for love while walking this path with grief 
it just might be greater than we believe, or larger than we allow it to be. I think it just might be time to allow it to be. Thank you again for listening to the Journey to Grateful podcast. I am thankful for you taking the time to listen to this podcast and sharing it with others. I encourage you to stop by the community on social media, share your own story and insights on grief, and join our family in helping others on this path. Head on over to journeytograteful.com community to find ways to join the conversation and make a difference through your story. And while you're on the site, sign up for my bi-monthly newsletter designed to provide you inspiration and motivation. And if you would like a more personal connection directly with me, I invite you to connect with me via email, tim at journeytograteful.com. But why stop there? Give me a phone call, leave me a voicemail, or simply send me a text message. The number is 262-298-2428. That's 262-298-CHAT. And lastly, help me build this community, broaden my reach, and support my mission by reviewing this show and telling others why you listen over at Apple Podcasts. I provided you a leave a review button on the website journeytograteful.com. It is a way for you to support this podcast through your comments because it's powerful and it allows the show to be delivered to more and more people, and I thank you for doing so. Now, I've mentioned more than once within this podcast how a passing comment, a simple story, even a television show or an article can become inspiration for an episode, oftentimes presented to me in a very timely manner just when I needed it. In today's last thought, Today's inspiration, so to speak, presented itself through a television show where a main character had suddenly passed in real life, and the episode was created to address that fact while offering poignant advice on loss. Often quoting the character throughout the episode, this specific phrase caught my attention, and I believe you will easily understand why. So here it is. We all die twice when our bodies give out, and again, when our stories stop being told. Now I ask us all to understand that it is up to us, our friends and our families, to keep their story alive. Say their name, share their stories. This in fact should be our mission from our very first grieving day. Thank you again, my friends, for joining me today and please reach out. Let me know your thoughts on today's episode or any previous episodes. And for those who are walking on their path with grief, I hope that you find a way to walk confidently on your journey to grateful. Bye-bye.